Welcome to the no bio leech zone. Because <laughs> we're all playing as the good side. We didn't coordinate this. Maybe somebody should have been evil for the heck of it. I, I messaged you guys and Isaiah, you didn't respond. And I was just like, <laughs> it's going to be more convenient to be good. I know that that's easier because you don't have to like spend your time. I don't know. I feel like when you're bad, you have to like regularly make bad decisions on purpose. Yeah. But when you're good, you just kind of have to not kill people. There is, there is like, I feel, I feel like the game. So first of all, the game wants you to be whatever you want to be. It provides you ample opportunity to be whatever. But yeah. the game is so often like, I could do a good thing and not get any benefits, or I could beat the shit out of children and get a mild benefit. <laughs> I'm like, well, when you put it like that, I think I'll. I mean, the, the most you can do to compromise your karma is to just like. Well, instead of making other people suffer, I can just make myself suffer, which is already something I do in real life. <laughs> oh, oh no. I don't know if we've discussed it on the show, but Charlie has a way of just wanting to, like, do things in games that he would do in real life, even down to, like, the most mild-mannered things the game will let you do, like crossing the street slowly and looking both ways and shit like that. Oh, I don't do that in video games. <laughs> I, I do not care about Jay Maybe in GTA. I literally watched you do it when we were playing that like weird flash game stick RPG where you like wouldn't cross the street diagonally. Well, there's a difference between playing as a stick figure with relatively normal human physics and playing as Electric Spider-Man. Yeah, if you're Electric <laughs> Spider-Man, you don't have to obey. Wait, Electric Spider-Man is Miles Morales. My name is Steven. My name is Isaiah. And I'm Charlie. In case you haven't figured it out, it's the NSDZ video game. We, there is no train of thought. <laughs> the train of thought hit coal, and now we're on the sidewalk trying to figure out where to go. I was going to oh say, there are three regular trains. So, <laughs> Infamous, <laughs> is a, Infamous is a game where you play as, like we mentioned, Electric Spider-Man. Although, actually, I feel like he's more meant to be Electric Batman. Yeah, he's got a Batman vibe, complete with the, like, I'm going to talk like this for no reason. Yeah. This is uh, literally my I casual speaking voice. The, the designers of this game, or I don't know about the, like, maybe the art director is more accurate, but, like, the people who made this game talked about being inspired by comics, and there's specifically one Batman comic that they were heavily inspired by, the name of which I have forgotten, but you can tell that, like, this city is heavily inspired by Gotham. Yeah. Well, so the, the comic cutscenes in the game really, really help sell the comic book inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And they look really good. I love this game's cutscenes. It, it's really, like, I every time one happens, I get excited because, like, the art is really pleasant, but also the characters are really expressive within that art. Um, yeah. And it's it's very stylized, and it just, it, it, it has exactly enough animation that it's, like, you know, it's not still images, but it also is still enough that it does still feel like it's a comic book. It's good. I also like the way that this game starts. If you do not have a file already and you just turn the game on, you go to like a little title screen that is basically just like a view of the city the game takes place in during the day, like near a park. And it just looks nice and it's like quiet and you hear like people moving around in the background. And then as soon as you hit start to start a new game, destruction a freaking electric bomb goes off and just like destroys the city that you're looking at. And then the, like you pan out and that's how like the game starts. Yeah. Uh, it's, I it's do wish it started with with subtitles on by default, though. Oh yes, <laughs> I mean, 
I wish everything started with subtitles on by default. Well, because this is the era of video games where I really don't want to hit start mid cutscene to see if it lets me pause or if it skips the cutscene. Yep. So I was like, you know what? We'll wait until I can move and then we'll edit the uh, subtitles. It was very unfortunate. Also, you said, so it's a park during the day, right? Yeah. So I played in the evening and it was a park in the evening. So I think it might actually tie to your system clock. Gotta That'd be really it. cool. I, I know that the game itself does not. Yeah. Because certain parts of the plot are just take place at certain times of day. And I think that's really neat because it lets you look at the city in different lights. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, but the the main thing that you're doing in this game, gameplay-wise, is moving around this cityscape, fighting, like, either crazy drugged-out dudes, crazy homeless dudes, or whatever the third area provides. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, and, like, gang members with superpowers. Yeah. Uh, with varying degrees of agency. So, sometimes is, they don't have superpowers, they just have guns, but... yeah. What is yeah. a gun if not a superpower <laughs> you can put it in your pocket? Instead the, of your body. <laughs> the the way that you navigate this environment, though, is probably one of the most interesting things of, about the game, aside from the combat, which is you have this parkour system where Cole, the main character, will automatically move his hands and feet to places where he can hold on to, like ledges or like the tops of lampposts or like windowsills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this system, to my understanding, is based off of the Sly Cooper gameplay, which is another sucker punch game. Yeah. I guess that's, there were three before this? There were three Sly I games? Think, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, before the right. fourth one. Um, yeah, so Sucker Punch made this game, in case that wasn't clear. Yeah, so the they adapted the parkour system available in Sly, but they, there are just tons and tons of these like surfaces and nodes that you can grab onto and use to move around and frequently I think it's super fun but occasionally there will be so many things you can hold on to <laughs> that it actually becomes difficult to just go to the ground yeah yeah it's janky but at least it appears less scripted than in say a game like Uncharted which yeah another right. PlayStation well, exclusive game it's, it's interesting because the, the Sly Cooper sort of parkour system maps really well to a GTA-style open-world city. Like, mm -hmm. it just it just works really well with the occasional, I'm trying to hit the ground, but you keep, like, grabbing something. And I'll actually... So, so there's an ability where, like, if you... Like, you can slam into the ground and, and do a shockwave, right? Yeah. About half of the time I try and do this move, he grabs onto something midway through the move. <laughs> And I'm like, if, you should at least not be able to grab things during this move. If you're holding down the button, I think it stops though. Okay. I think it's if you tap it once, then you can grab on a thing still. But if you hold it down, he'll just go straight to the ground. Because I use that move almost exclusively to make sure that I get to the ground. Less <laughs> to actually deal damage to enemies. Yeah, I uh, didn't. I chose not to upgrade that move so that I could like deal damage to enemies and not hurt civilians, which are just yeah. vibing in the middle of a shootout all the time. <laughs> but I think that transitions pretty well to us talking about <laughs> the combat present in this game. So when you're moving around buildings, very frequently, just dozens of random dudes that want you dead will pour out from just every like access and coordinate on the map available yeah they'll just and be they on bring the, there'll be like two on the top of a building as you're walking like on the road and you'll just be like who's shooting me from above 
<laughs> and then when you go to kill those two guys, 62 other dudes will come from like the streets and like a <laughs> truck with a machine gun will show up. And the way that you deal with all of these things is by using your electricity powers, which are the main gimmick of this game. So instead of using guns, Cole has just like his hand that he puts up and he can shoot lightning out of it. And then as you go along in the game, you get tons of more ways to use this lightning. So for example, the first ability that you get access to besides just shooting lightning is called Shockwave. And Cole puts up both of his hands and then just makes a big circle of lightning energy shoot out. And instead of like hitting enemies and just dealing damage, this will actively move objects in the environment as well as enemies and send them flying away. So you can use this to like knock an enemy's shield out of their hand or move some cover that an enemy is using. Like you can launch a car into the air and then shoot them under the car. I am a huge fan of using this to push enemies off of buildings. <laughs> yes, this seems like it's main utility for the majority of like the first third of the game. Every time, every time I can do that, I elect to do so. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then you can also get like tons of other different abilities that sort of function as what like normal guns would in any other shooter yeah because this game plays a lot like a third person shooter where you have the action adventure style like camera that's like three quarters behind your head basically and you can move around and interact with things but then when you hold your aiming button which is l1 i think yeah it puts a cursor on the screen and then that cur not a cursor a crosshair on the screen and then that crosshair is either slightly to the right or slightly to the left of cole and you can switch that by tapping in the uh, right stick Cole is canonically ambidextrous. I love it. <laughs> I think that he got the ability to be ambidextrous from his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably... He got a lot this of things is, from that. This is basically the only game I'm aware of that's a third-person shooter where you can change which side the, the crosshair is on. How do you do that again? Because I, I remember doing it once when it gave me With a prompt, uh, but I forgot L3. it. L3. Or I think it's R3. R3. Oh, that, yeah. that, I guess that would explain it. You click it in the aiming button. Yeah. yeah. And the the enemies also have like all kinds of different things that they can do to you. Like the basic guys, like as I said, have guns, but then there are usually beefier guys that have rockets, and there are some enemies that will run up to you and explode, which I don't know. It makes sense for the first area, because these guys are kind of being brain controlled. But in the second area, they're just guys, so I don't know why they're comfortable with like <laughs> running up to you and exploding, but they, they do. And you know, more and more enemies get added as you go on, and there are some enemies that have what they call conduit powers, which is what Cole has as well. Yeah. But theirs manifest in different ways. The the one you'll first encounter is they'll send shock waves and then they'll like warp around. Yeah. Yeah, I wish you could like play as these guys. Like I would love to use like some kind of teleport ability and then like super shock waves and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I do think moving around in this game is not necessarily as fast as I would like it to be. Um which is partially because um Every, every building is designed in such a way that you can climb it, but you have to, sometimes you have to look for how to climb it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for most of the buildings in the first area, all four sides have, like, a climbable way. But for some of the wider buildings, you'll have to go from, like, the bottom left to the top right before you can get to the top. Yeah. Mm. And also, I feel justified in saying Cole should just be able to climb ladders faster. I mean, I think it would be neat if when you grabbed a ladder, like, your hands turned lightning and you just, like, shot up the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that, would uh, be, I mean... that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I know I... there are things uh, future games do to improve the rate at which you can, you can climb certain things. I mean, yeah. like, 
we'll get to it, but Second Son just lets you shoot up the side of buildings yeah. like without grabbing anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the I really like how seamless the game will be like, okay, this is a third-person parkour platformer-esque game, and then if you hit L1, now it's a third-person shooter, and the camera will just move a little bit to facilitate that. Yeah, and I really enjoy things like, you know, there have been lots of cover shooters, and I don't think they were as popular by, like, the time this game came out. No, I think Uncharted and Gears of War kind of popularized it, and those came out around this time. Yeah. But something I really like about this game that is not present in those games is, for one, the environment actually just facilitates taking cover. You don't walk into an area and see, like, oh, there are eight barrels. I know where I have to find cover. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the cover is cars that you can actively move with your shockwave, and the cars are always located in places where cars would be. Or, oh, the cover is, like, a ventilation unit on the top of a building. Or the cover is literally just holding the side of a building and, like, leaning under it. Because with the parkour system, you're allowed to do that. Um, I think I think the other thing I like about this game as compared to other cover shooters is so you do heal over time if you take cover, but you do so very slowly. The actual the way the game wants you to heal is by recharging your health from a nearby power source, which is yeah. also how you'd require your uh, blast cores, I guess, which is effectively your ammo for some of the higher tier abilities. Yeah, they're called uh, battery somethings. Like, you get blast cores to unlock new batteries, but I forget what the... It might just be, like, core battery or something. Yeah. But but so, the game goes, okay, you're low on health, you have to look for a power source nearby. There are tons of them all around because this is a city. So you're not, like... You're not running out of health recovery stuff. And even if you are, you can power a generator with your electricity and then drain it and then get more electricity back. Yeah, because, like, your basic shot doesn't require any of your meter. So yeah. you can just, like, shoot a lamppost, drain it, shoot a lamppost, drain it, and get yourself to where you need to be. And so and then, the risk here is that you have to be responsible enough to heal before you're so low on health that looking for healing will put you in danger of dying. Yeah, and that also brings up, I think it's worth mentioning, that when you click in the left stick, L3, as it were, you get, like electricity senses go off and on your little mini map you can see lightning bolts where electricity sources are but also like in the actual game you'll see blue lightning just around things like lampposts and like phone booths and stuff like that that you can go and drain and i feel like that's really fun to have that like built-in flavorful this is how you heal and this is how you get your energy yeah and it just always feels cool to like walk up to something and then drain everything out of it and watch it turn off. Yeah. So it does heal you in addition to recharging? Yes. Yeah, you heal super fast when you're charging. Okay. I, I've been doing the uncharted method where I just look for cover <laughs> and just wait. Oh, oh man. my god, that must be awful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this this game, the healing system is so like integral to it because it's the difference between really, really defensively playing uh, your average cover shooter. And like this system is like, okay leave cover to find a healing thing and then you're already back in the action because you're out of cover so you're playing essentially very aggressively you're playing very actively um and, and that's, as another that note feels really good if, if you're playing the evil route then you can also like life drain enemies so if you're killing enemies fast enough it doesn't matter how much damage you're taking yeah because you can just always run up and like drain them and then get back to the action and that gives you both electricity and life back yeah 
And then there's oh, go ahead. I, I maybe I should save this until we talk about the the infamous system. Okay, so we will. Uh, I, yeah, I was gonna say the the only other thing I want to say about combat is that this game has like exploding barrels, like all video games do at this point. Yeah. Uh, but you can also shoot like a lot of other environmental things. So you've got like propane tanks, which are the basic exploding barrels. But then you've also got cars can always be exploded with like four shots. Mm -hmm. So it kind of becomes this thing where when you're starting to get into a fight you might want to just hit a few cars three times so that you can trigger them as soon as you want to whenever like enemies are next to them yeah so you kind of have to think about like do you want to work on shooting enemies do you want to like set up environmental damage or do you want to try and maneuver around so you can get close enough to the enemies that you don't have to worry about trying to aim you can just kick them three times because pretty much everything goes down in three melee attacks there's there's also sort of this interesting play where there are some things that uh you can make them explode, but they're also a power source. And if you make them explode, obviously they won't be a power source anymore. So you're right. like, do I want to utilize this resource defensively or offensively? And I think that's an interesting decision. Yeah, I think that this game does a really good job of giving you like four or five different ways to approach most combat situations. Yeah. And then every once in a while, they'll hit you with a combat situation where you just have to defend yourself. And like, this is the skill check, basically. Yeah. And it's, but that's... Oh, go ahead. It's super cool because... uh electricity is ubiquitous in a city so they can they can give you all sorts of environmental tools no matter where you are so if they just throw a couple of dudes at you because it's been 20 seconds since your last combat encounter like <laughs> no matter where you are there's still an interesting situation to have combat in yeah and that's actually another neat little note i think probably the last thing we'll talk about with just the generic gameplay unless you guys have something is the city at a certain point in the plot, has a power outage. And then that's when, you know, you sort of get going on, like, the one of the bigger tasks of the game, which is just turning back turning back on the power. Mm -hmm. And this is how you get your new abilities, but it is also a really, really neat way to make it so that you don't have this ubiquitous electricity source everywhere. Yeah. Because yeah. suddenly the city goes dark, and then Cole's vision actually gets, like, a little bit blurry in these areas. Yeah. So it encourages you to go and do the plot. But it also makes it so that every enemy counter is now much scarier. Oh yeah, uh, it's also it's also an interesting um, sort of character moment. Like you you get this characterization of Cole because um, he can't he can't hold guns. His electricity will like make them explode. He can't yeah, sit in cars ignites. because they'll explode. <laughs> um, so like there and and he also can't be in large pools of water because they will electrocute him and it'll be too much electricity. I uh, think the way that it actually works is not that it electrocutes him, it's that water is so conductive that it pulls all of the electricity out of his body. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um so like small puddles of water you can step in and it'll damage any enemy also in the pool of water. It'll also damage any civilian. Um but if you get in a large pool of water, you'll start to take damage. And if you, like, fall into, like, the the ocean that's around the city, because it's based on New York, you know, you just instantly die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I do really like, like, coal is not just mechanically underpowered when there's a power outage. Like, if he's too far off the grid, then he will just feel weaker because he can't get that residual electricity. And yeah, because so he like his vision breathes electricity at this point. Yeah, <laughs> like he even yeah, says, it's, it's like he he has a headache when there's a power outage. Yeah, I I really love the flavor things they do with like how Cole's anatomy changes because he's just a lightning guy now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Um, he's also, I think, immune to fall damage. Or at yes, least he is. Mostly immune. Yeah, I don't think there's any hype in the game that you can fall from that will hurt you. This game does do the thing, which I'm sure this is not a problem for either of you, but this is a problem I've had to do with my entire life, where in a 3D game, if I fall from a certain height, and especially if the camera does the thing it does when you do that, um, it really hurts my stomach. Mm. Like, it's, it's as if I was falling in real life. Um, mm. And this game is the worst about it out of any game I've ever played. So I try, like, I've never fallen from a large enough height to know if I take fall damage because I avoid it for my own, like, physical comfort. Like, I'll take fall damage in real life. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, like, have any experience like that, but I will say that kind of makes sense to me because every, like, action you can take in this game, they use, like, effects and, like, screen shake and stuff like that yeah. to make everything feel impactful. Yeah. Like, there are some if the train goes I've... by, your controller will vibrate, too. There's yeah, some... there's, like, lots of cool stuff like that. There are some jumps I've had to look away from the screen in order to complete, because I was like, this hurts me to watch. And this is, this is not the only video game that does this, and uh, I know I'm not the only person this happens to. I've, I've talked to people who have, who have felt this way, but I also don't know what it is that, that makes this happen. Because it's not um, like motion sickness. Yeah, it's... I, I guess it's kind of comparable to that. But it's like, it's the same feeling I get when I ride a uh, roller coaster. Where, like, if there's a drop, like, my yeah, stomach, stomach drops. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really painful and unpleasant. Um, yeah, I could totally see, like, why this would make you feel the way. Because of how impactful they try to make everything. So, like, that's just going to only amplify that feeling even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a problem in Infamous. It's... I, I forget if there's a setting that makes it better in Minecraft, but it's occasionally a problem in Minecraft. <laughs> the setting is not falling in Minecraft. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but you look, just shouldn't do that anymore. Sometimes you build a, build a boat in the sky, and sometimes you forget to hold shift while building a boat in the sky. You know? I guess. Uh, do, would you like to talk about the <laughs> morality system in this game? <laughs> yeah, so this game has... has Something comparable to a morality system, um, which essentially boils down to, do you want to do good things or do you want to do bad things for no reason? Do you want to um, play a more streamlined version of Shadow the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to play like a more fully fleshed out version of Shadow the Hedgehog? Oh man, this game really is what if Shadow the Hedgehog was good. <laughs> and, and human. Well, yeah. Um, so, so there are narrative points where like the, the like game will freeze and it'll cut to this like sepia tone version and there will be Cole's internal monologue which is like man if I if I do this good thing then people will be happy but if I commit acts of violence then they'll be pretty unhappy but my life will be marginally better um, and sometimes it's not marginally better sometimes he'll be like okay if I disable this like um, this like brain serum then I'll get brain goop all over me, and then I'll have a headache, and I'll be slightly mind-controlled, and that'll be pretty bad. But if I <laughs> use violence to coerce this random stranger into doing it, then he'll be in that situation, and that'll suck for him, but it'll be good for me. Um, and then if you if you uh, make him do it, or if you don't make him do it, I should say, then uh, you get a mechanical uh, punishment. So there are there's like a mechanical incentive for being bad. Um, yeah, I, I would say about half the time, being evil is the, like, optimal strategy. 
Yeah. And then the other half of the time, it's just like, do you want good or do you want bad? And I think that's pretty good because I feel like most people will be like naturally inclined to do the good side of things. Yeah. If not, just be fully chaotic, you know? Yeah. Plus, exposing yourself to that goop like removes your battery for a bit. So when you recharge, you just don't have as much energy as you did before. Yeah. Yeah, like the maximum resource is lower. So uh, it makes then, you deal with less resources by being a good person. It's it's interesting because that debuff goes away over time, but if you do all of the story missions involving that in rapid succession, then you can get it pretty low. Like, you yeah, can make it so that you only have a couple, like, batteries left, uh, which is which is interesting. I actually tried to do it quickly enough that I could run out, but they started going away too, too soon. Yeah, they don't last for too long, but it's definitely... And you have to, like, move around the city a lot for that, and you don't have all of the later-on mobility tools. So that that segment takes a little while. So there are also basic gameplay things you can do that uh, are good or bad. So so you can do... Um, you can heal random strangers who are on the ground just on their stomach for some reason. Um, <laughs> if they're, I think the, if the they're implication... sick or injured, it's, it's hard to tell which exactly. The implication is that that stuff starts happening um, after the water has been polluted by the gang in, in the first area. But I think that, like, the other implication is just so many shootings are going on all the time that, like, random people in the street are just being shot. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. Um, the other the other thing you can do is, because of how fast-paced the action is and how many enemies they throw at you, very frequently you'll end up in a situation where you just shoot anything that moves and you will inadvertently shoot, like, just a pedestrian. <laughs> and that'll give you, like, negative one karma. Karma is what they call it in this game. Uh, and if you, like, have the time, you can run up and heal that person real quick, and it will basically even out that bad action that you accidentally took. Yeah. Um, which which I think is neat. Uh, you can also uh, use an ability called Arc Restraint to pin uh, an enemy to the ground and get some good karma for that. Or a civilian. Yeah, you'll get bad karma if you do that on a civilian. You actually get no karma change. Oh, nothing happens. It's just you can't heal them anymore. Interesting. So it's and like this the, is... it's like the only pure chaos option in the game. <laughs> <laughs> so so I feel like the implications of the karma system can occasionally get a little funky, because you can bio leech an enemy, steal their uh, life force, and heal yourself, killing them in the process. And that's kind of a no-no, karmically speaking. It makes you a little bit evil. You can also do this for civilians, as you can imagine, uh, that's also evil. But yeah. something that's interesting to me is you can also just kick an enemy while they're down and get a wounded kill. And that gives you experience, but it doesn't change your karma. So if you kill an enemy, no karma change. But if you kill an enemy and steal their energy and heal yourself, that's evil karma. I would assume the concept here is that bio leeching is incredibly painful. Yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense. Uh, I I think when, there's also when, a component to like karma mostly refers to how citizens perceive you as either a hero or uh, <clears throat> infamous. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So I guess I guess you could make the case that uh, Citizens are like pretty neutral on whether or not you kill these dudes because they're causing problems. But if you steal their life force, that's exactly heinous enough. The citizens really aren't super sure how they feel about you after that. Well, and like watching like the lightning shoot from them into you is probably scarier than just like seeing you shoot a guy. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, and it is definitely abstracted because you can make decisions while nobody's looking, you know? Yeah, like in, for example, we talked about it a little bit, but you go into the sewers at a certain point in this game and there's normally not any civilians down there and just tons of bad guys, but all of your good and evil actions still count. Yeah. Uh, there are also uh, good and evil side missions. And I don't think they actually affect your karma. Um, but if you do one, like if you do a good mission, you lock out the evil mission. Um, and they affect your karma. I, yeah, I, I, I don't think it changes your karma. I, I don't think it is as big of a boost as the sepia tone choices, but I'm pretty sure that like doing them gets you like a karma boost. I might I might be wrong about that, but I feel like I remember doing one and then it's saying like your karma has been unaffected, which which it'll it'll do whenever you complete a mission. Uh, it'll it'll tell you if your karma has been changed. Uh, so I think the way that works is it's not whether or not the mission changed your karma. It's whether or not you did good or evil things during the mission. Okay. Because at one point, I was doing a story mission, and like I said, I accidentally like shot civilians, I guess. And when I got to the end of it, it said that my karma had been like slightly worsened. Okay. Uh, even though that mission was purely neutral. I was just like helping Zeke do some stupid shit. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, there have definitely been story missions where it's like, your actions have increased your karma. And I'm like, I didn't make any decisions to do that. I just like pinned some, some enemies down and got some good karma that way. Yeah, so that's what that message at the end is. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll check that. Uh, but, yeah, there are a certain amount of moral missions. Um, I think there are 15 total. Uh, well, I guess there are 30 total, 15 good and 15 bad. But if yep. you do the good one, the corresponding evil one is no longer able to be done. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's important because there's a specific uh, set of power upgrades... Uh, which you can only unlock by doing good or evil side missions. Yeah. Um, so, so I think this is a this is a good uh, transition into powers and upgrades. Actually, so that 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 reminds me. So the map, the mini map, like it has the icons for missions, and they have like sometimes they're pointed up and sometimes they're pointed down, but it's like never different. At first, I thought that was just like, oh, do this mission to get. Uh, good karma or do the down one to do get bad karma but like it never amounts to that and i have no idea why it did that i think that it is might the be... altitude in yeah. relationship to you so you need to go higher to get to the mission oh or lower. that would make much more sense yeah because it's a it's a very like the the city is very vertical because you can climb buildings but the map is only right, top down right. so that's how they convey that information okay that's also why sometimes enemies will look like squares and sometimes they look like triangles. The direction uh, the triangle is pointing is where the enemy is. I point. thought it was like enemy types. Wow. I, I played no, a I, game where they've done this in the past and they just completely forgot. No, I, I was confused by the first two. But, uh, yeah, they, like, they, don't, they don't explain it explicitly. It's something you just kind of have to pick up over the course of gaining experience with it. Yeah. So it's definitely easy to miss if, if you're not actively searching for it. Right, so powers and abilities... That's what you do when you're a electric man, except you know travel through telephone cables. Can't do that. <laughs> I guess yeah, you could yeah, travel, you travel on them, them, but you can you can grind on them. <laughs> like you're a Sonic the Hedgehog character. Yeah, you're you're Sonic the Coal Graph. Coal McGrath. Would you like to talk about the powers of Ridge? Yes, <laughs> you can shoot lightning as you're like as you're 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 shooting. You can't have guns, but you can shoot lightning. Yeah, this is like effectively your pistol. But it, you know, there is there is fall off to it, right? Because I, I, you can only shoot so far. 
Yeah, the the range, um, I don't know like exactly how far it is, but it seems like it's about three buildings away. And if you're pointed at an enemy that your range is uh, too far out for, the little circle, the crosshair, will not be blue. But if the enemy is close enough to be hit, it will be blue. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, I assume precision and upgrade you can get later in the game is something that can alleviate that, correct? Yeah, that for precision, it seems like the distance is just as far as you can see. Okay, it's just you get more accurate. Yeah. Okay. So you got that. You got Shockwave, which is a good karma power, which you just push things. <laughs> you. It's usually it's it's a safe, less violent alternative, basically. Uh, it's, yeah. It's good because there's never a circumstance in which you can accidentally push a civilian off a building. <laughs> are you are you being sarcastic right now? Uh, no, I've actually never incur encountered a civilian on top of a building. Aside from the, Z, you haven't? it does not count. <laughs> the, yeah, there are definitely civilians on top of some buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't definitely accidentally push them off the building. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, next you have a shock grenade, which, you know, grenade. Oh, by the way, <laughs> lightning bolt can headshot? Yeah. And you get head shock when you yeah. do it? It's weird. This this game has an interesting situation where I can't tell if it's on purpose or if it's because like at one point in development the game is a little different than it is now. But like some power-ups will say when you get a headshot this happens. But when you do get a headshot, the game gives you experience uh, for like the unique task basically mm -hmm. and it calls it a head shock. And then also there are like there's another instance of this. I think it's when you use the um, there's an ability that you get that's kind of like shooting a rocket later on. Mm -hmm. um, it's called, like, Watt Hammer, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the game will refer to it as a rocket sometimes, like, in upgrading the ability. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's like, oh, well, the uh, doing the thing is called Watt Hammer, but the thing you shoot is still a rocket, or if it's literally they forgot to rename certain things Interesting. When, when, like, changing stuff over. But I just thought that was interesting when I read, like, Headshock in-game and then like headshot in menus i do want to i do want to say one thing about the grenade real quick before we go back to it uh it sticks to enemies it's a sticky grenade yeah uh but it doesn't stick to the environment uh which is good because it can bounce and then hit an enemy and stick to them mm -hmm. it you can, can also with it. oh yes it's like very good if you're trying to get like the experience boost from killing multiple enemies yeah it can also stick to certain things like cars yeah oh that's true yeah I think I I guess it sticks to things that conduct electricity. I think that's the that's the rule. I know it's super useful for dealing with the uh, truck machine gun enemies because there are these like there are these semi trucks that only have like a turret on them and then there'll be one enemy on the turret and those are incredibly dangerous. They're like the fastest way to die in the game. You have to really work your way around dealing with them. Yeah. But one of the best ways to deal with them is just throw three grenades onto the truck and then that will explode it, destroying the machine gun. And the, the grenades, you don't have to aim as well. You can sort of just shoot straight at it because the grenades stick to the truck. That's that's one thing. That's the purpose of a grenade in any video game is you don't have to aim. Uh, very next, good. we have, uh, I guess we've already talked about like the different abilities you get for the different things you can do when you encounter an injured character, you know, arc restraint, bio leech, and pulse heal. Yeah. What's interesting is, so when you get these abilities, the game says you've recovered touch abilities. So, like, that's the stuff you can do when you touch someone. <laughs> it's like, oh, Cole is learning about human contact again. 
I guess, I guess, like, well, because there is, like, narratively, he's like, there's stuff I can't do, but I'm getting better at controlling my powers, so I think there, you could make the case that there was a circumstance where he was like, yeah, if I touch somebody, it just hurts them. Yeah, it's like the superhero equivalent of, like, zapping somebody with static. Yeah. It's like Cole high-fives you and your arm just explodes. <laughs> but now he can touch you and heal you instead of hurt you. Yeah, or accidentally handcuff you to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> No idea when that wears off, by the way. We never get into it. Yeah, like, the enemies just unload when you walk away, so it's, like, very unclear if it's, like, a Spider-Man <laughs> situation where the webbing lasts 12 hours, or if it's just, like, I don't know, like, when it rains, it goes away. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, good when luck, When it guys. rains, you just die. Honestly, very <laughs> fortunate to city it never rains. Yeah, does it, is there any part in the game where it is raining? Uh, no. Uh, like, nor well, in the I, second game. Because I guess it would just kill Cole, or, you know, at least <laughs> yeah. make it way harder for him. He would He would definitely, I feel like it wouldn't kill him, he would just be in a lot of pain all of the time. You know, it's just like having bullets coming down at you from the sky, constantly. <laughs> oh, man. Alternatively, maybe it powers him up, maybe, like, he's the storm guy. Like, he can flick the water droplets out of the air and they turn into bullets? Yeah, like like he could he could flick uh, a water droplet and then light lightning shoots like ricochets off of all of the all of the raindrops and hits somebody. Or he just like jumps off the building and spreads his arms out and then every drop that hits him falls under him and just creates like a rain of electricity bullets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm know. excited anyway. for Infamous Three: uh, The <laughs> Calm Before the Storm. Oh my god. Yeah. What's what's the next ability on our list? <laughs> well, we, we already did talk about precision, right? Where you can just... You have better aiming. I, I, I didn't get this, so I don't know a whole lot. It's not just better aiming. It also slows time down. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you can, like, jump into the air, hover, use precision, and then, like, snipe enemies while in midair. Yeah. It also, it also increases your range because it is a sniper. But it also takes a ton of power. Yeah. Every shot costs, like, four power cores. Yeah, doesn't a grenade like, take, like, two? Yeah, grenades yeah. and rockets only take two, and this takes four, and I don't think it does any more... Maybe it does more damage, I'm not sure. But I know that you have to hit, like, basic enemies twice yeah. with, with the uh, precision on, and they normally take, like, three shocks to kill. Uh, the other thing is slowing down time also takes energy. So, like, it takes energy to aim and a ton of energy to shoot. Yeah, it's like the most energy-intensive power. It's definitely the one where you like realize how important it is to constantly being be around electricity sources. Yeah. I I like the power a lot, but it it is it has to be used situationally because of how much it drains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think is good because it'd be kind of broken um, if you could just use it infinitely or not infinitely, but long enough to get you through any combat interaction. Yeah, more like use it I infamously. Think, nice. <laughs> It is, it is cool, though, because when you get uh, the next ability we'll talk about... Uh, actually, maybe I'll, I'll wait and say that. <laughs> so the last ability I think we're going to talk about is the induction grind, which, you know, it's like, it's like grinding in Sonic, but you can also shoot while grinding, because before, when you would find these cables, you would just kind of straddle along them. Yeah, like tiptoe. Yeah, but you can do that, and you can also do it on the railroad tracks, which is nice. Just it's a cool way to travel. It's the fastest way to move, and if you if you like jump off the rail, you keep going at that speed for a long time, so you can get a lot of distance. Yeah, uh, and the, there's an upgrade to this ability that you can get pretty quick. It's the first one, which is you gain back 
electricity while induction grinding. Yeah. And it's really fast. So while you're induction grinding, you functionally have infinite resources. It's oh, it's cool. it's especially great because uh, you gain electricity faster than you lose it when you're using your precision shot. So you can just be like, I'm zooming in, I'm slowing down time, and I'm just on a rail shoot like sniping people. Yeah, it feels very, very cool. And then there are a lot of other powers that you unlock after this point in the game, but we'll be doing two episodes on Infamous, so we're going to discuss the late game powers during that episode. So while you're doing the plot in this game, that takes the form of missions that are like these little blue nodes on the map that you can go and do. There are also little yellow nodes on the map that are side missions, and each of these side missions that you complete will make a section of the world map free of enemies, and some of them will give you other things as well. For example, you can get five blast shards from a lot of the different side missions, which we'll get more into in a minute. There are also side missions you can complete, which make it so that your respawn point is closer to where you died in an area. So one of the first side missions that you do is a like medical center. Like some guy is running a little clinic and he's being attacked by the Reapers, which are the bad guys in the first area. So if you take out all the Reapers around there, you get this new respawn point that's in the south part of the city. So if you die over there, instead of going all the way back to Zeke's apartment, you respawn closer to whatever it was you were trying to deal with in the first place. Mm. And then, like we mentioned before, there are good and evil versions of these side quests. And I believe each of those also open up, like, a safe part of the map. Yeah, they they so operate just, just like every other side mission where they, they free up territory. Yeah, so it's like the good and evil version of those missions are just close enough together that they can affect the same area. Yeah. And something that I really like about this is that when you're doing the neutral versions of these missions, you can kind of, like, in your head, explain why Cole is doing it if he is good, because obviously he just wants to help people. But if he's evil, he's, like, trying to get, like, his own territory. Like, yeah. he's trying to kick out the other, like, opposing forces in the territory. You definitely have a vested interest in freeing this place from the tyranny of the other faction, even if it's so that you can reintroduce your own form of tyranny as an evil person. Yeah, there's, like, no disassociation with, like, the plot and the gameplay here, and I think that's yeah. really neat. I do, I do definitely appreciate that. Um, there is, there is, so, some enemies will respawn in fully captured territory, but such a small amount that it basically, like, it's, it's just enough that you can still get experience if you still haven't, like, upgraded all of your powers. Yeah. Mm. Although, realistically, you'll be able to have upgraded everything by the time you get to, like, the point where you've cleared out entire maps because yeah. every mission gives you like 500 experience points and upgrades range from like earlier on ones are like 400 points and then like the latest ones you can get are only like 4,500 I think I think side missions give you 100 and story missions give you 500 I think that's that's what I've seen yeah that is how it works okay but you just you, you amass like experience very quickly because enemy kills for the first set of enemies are 5 points each and yeah. then you can do tons of different things to get even more experience from them, like doing the uh, shockwave and then shooting them out of the air after you shockwave gets you an extra 10 experience points, so it like, triples your yield, basically. Yeah, you can, do, you can do tricks. The game doesn't tell you what all of them are until you've done them for the first time, but the tricks uh, are worth their own set of experience. So, 
it actually does tell you what each of them are. Oh, it if does? If you pause at the bottom left, I did. I don't know like how why this is the way it is, but if you pause at the bottom left, it has like the word stunts, and then if you had just turned on the game, it would say zero out of twenty-one, mm -hmm. and then it tells you like shoot an enemy like while they're falling, and then you get like uh, what is it called like like shock and blast or something. There's like there's names for all the stunts. Yeah. And then if you do that, then you pause again. It'll say one out of twenty-one, and then it'll give you another task to do. So it's like, oh, okay, so shoot it, an enemy from midair, and then use the stomp to hit them. You know, it, it tells you what the next stunt is. Yeah, interesting. And then you can learn about them in that order, and they are sequenced like roughly in how difficult they are to do, and like how yeah. like the ones that require late game powers are later in the list. That makes sense. But it's, like, very confusing because at no other point in the game do they mention that this is a thing. You just have to pause and then notice it's in the bottom left. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you're going to pause because you have to pause in order to access the, the powers upgrade menu. Yeah. Um, so, so you're going to notice it sooner or later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so a lot of upgrades are you get one set of upgrades if you're good and one set of upgrades if you're, if you're evil. Um which which works with the karma system, but it also it also means essentially by the end of the game, depending on how you're playing, you'll have a totally different set of powers, which I find very interesting. Yeah, it definitely makes it feel more worthwhile doing a second playthrough, especially since the beginning of this game is very efficient. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I there are lots of games where you can get multiple endings, like RPGs and stuff like that, where I just refuse to play them a second time because the time investment just doesn't seem like it's worth it because of how slow the beginning is. Infamous is not that game. Yeah, mm -hmm. Infamous starts fast and it just keeps keeps going at that pace. If you if you don't do any side content, you can speed through the game probably pretty pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would say you could probably beat the game in like a, a casual playthrough could beat the game in like less than fifteen hours if you're just going from story mission to story mission. Yeah, the the one thing I will say, and this is a problem I have of all uh, moral choice games, where there's the do all evil path and there's the do all hero path. But there is no moral neutral path, like, yeah. like you you can do that. But if you're if you're slightly good or slightly evil, you'll have access to the slightly good or slightly evil powers. As soon as your alignment changes, you get locked out of the powers that were from that that path. Yeah, and like a component of that is kind of necessary because of the way they have the control scheme set up. Because some of the powers are like when you like hold, you know, L1 and hit triangle, it does one thing if you're good or a different thing if you're bad. So yeah. you couldn't have them both at once. Yeah. But it's also like, so if you're full hero and then you go down one, you lose access to the full hero, uh, like Upgrade. upgrades, yeah. even though you're still good, you, you don't, you like, you essentially just lose powers. Yeah. But that won't happen in most playthroughs anyway, unless you are doing like a chaos playthrough where yeah. you, you just ended up being good enough. Like, I, I do think that the game should have, like, a... It would be nice if there was, like, a selfish alignment or something. Yeah. Or just more abilities that had nothing to do with the uh, karma system. But I think that, like, the story they were going for is decide whether or not Cole is, like, selfish or selfish. Selfless. And I... Look, I... I so I do like the integration of the narrative moral, moral choice system with the mechanical, like, benefits and also the mechanical interactions. Like, you are encouraged to, to uh, engage in certain sets of behavior while avoiding other sets of behavior if you're going for, for one route. 
yeah. I think for me the nitpick here is that uh, once you've made, once you've started a route, there are no more decisions. Like you're yeah. committing to that. There's no more like, well, given the circumstance, I will do this, even though it it brings me farther away from. There's no circumstance in which in which you do that. Whenever you're presented with a, a good or evil choice, if you're going the good route, uh, you just pick the good option. There's no reason to to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do think that that makes it like. Like, there's nothing you get for individual decisions that lasts more than the next 10 minutes of gameplay. Yeah. Even even that. Like, um, the getting getting goop on your face and, and losing some of your battery charges, that's, that's like, the only thing that, that I've encountered or that I can remember from previous playthroughs where your decision actually impacts that. I guess the, the only exception is, so there are, are a series of side missions where... Um, it's not a moral side mission, but it's like somebody's like, here's a here's a locker full of blast shards, uh, and Cole will be like, okay, what if I just zap this dude and take all of his blast shards instead of just getting what he gives to me? Yeah, you know. Well, and it's also like, do I want to do the task or do I want to just take them? I think is the actual thing. Because if you if it was, do I want to take all of them or just the ones he gives me? That would mean that like the good version of the run could not get every blast shot. <laughs> well, and that is consistent with uh, childhood me spending two hours scouring the map <laughs> for the final blast shard. I doubt the final blast shard is in that guy's locker. Yeah, I, I also doubt that. Um, and but, and it's, well, I'm also, it's very likely that I'm misremembering the exact contents of the mission. <laughs> what, one thing that I do want to mention uh, before we kind of wrap things up here is or I guess we have to talk about blast shards. So I'll just do that real quick and then I'll talk about one thing. Uh, so blast shards, you've heard us probably say a couple of times now, these are little items that are all over the map. They're just placed in random spots. And then also some side quests give you a bundle of five at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's specific to those side quests. So you can't like get more than the game a lot. But what happens is the first time you grab a blast shard, you get an extra battery core. And then you need to get five more to get another battery core. And those battery cores let you use your powers more and have more juice, like, at any given moment. And they sort of are at the top left of the screen near your, like, HUD. And the more and more you get, you know, the more and more they take up the screen. And it looks kind of cool to see this develop. And then each time you get a new battery core, you have to collect even more blast shards to get the next. So, like, right now, I need to collect uh, 60 blast shards to get my next battery core. Because I feel like I'm pretty close to, like, I've probably only got, like, four or five left. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and they also give you five experience points every time you grab one, which is the same as killing one enemy, but it is like a tiny little incentive every time you grab one, so it's yeah. not like the only the last one that you grab matters, you know? Well, just and give I'll you something to do while you're moving around. I'll definitely yeah. change my route to get the blast. Like, if I, if I see one, then I'll be like, okay, I'm beelining it. It's time. Yeah. And as a note, you can also, whenever you turn on your, like, electric sight to see where you can charge things, or where you can charge yourself, I guess, off of things, you will see these dark blue circles where there are blast shards. So when I'm playing, I'm just constantly mashing L3 to see, like, where blast shards are at. I I do wish, given how many there are, I do wish that when there were, like, 10 left, they would just stay on the minimap forever. Yeah, or um, like you could open the overworld map and do like yeah. a full scan of the yeah. That that would be that would be very convenient for childhood me. Um, I'm I'm not gonna do that this time around, mostly because I'm better about it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just not gonna worry about it when I like stop playing the game. Yeah. But I think that they do a very good job of helping you engage with the um, the parkour mechanics, and then also giving you this fun little decision of, I don't want to kill all these enemies. There's so many goddamn enemies, but there is one blast shard on this billboard, so I'm going to maneuver <laughs> around this building to not get shot so that I can grab the blast shard and just leave. Yeah. I do and, sometimes think there are just too many enemies around. and But also, I understand the side missions, like, are the, like, the incentive to do the side mission is to stop being harangued by enemies all the time. Yeah, I think it's intentional, because I think they want you to feel, like, this oppressive force all around the city, and, like, you're the only one that can do anything about it. Yeah. And I think that's really neat. I think it, like, makes Cole's decisions, like, more, like, interesting and impactful in the world, whether he is good or evil. Yeah. I think it. I think it does a very good job of like letting you can go and kill every single enemy if you want to, and obviously they'll respawn. But you can make your way out of any given combat situation. You have the tools, but very frequently it becomes clear that the thing you want to do is just go and take care of what you've got going on instead of fighting every single individual enemy. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is. It is just very silly early on in the game, especially before you, like, you have to unlock side missions by doing enough regular missions. Yeah. Um. And then, and then, then you're like, finally, I can get rid of these guys. Yeah, for sure. I also wanted to talk about real quick, just like a couple of, what was I going to say? I want to talk about like a couple of the different tasks that you have to do inside missions. So a lot of them are just go and kill all these Reapers or go and kill all of these other factions that are on the other two areas you unlock later in the game. But some of them are neat tasks, like one of them is find these 12 surveillance systems on this building and destroy them. So you yeah. have to like move all around using parkour. And what I liked about that mission is that once you whittle them down, the circle on the minimap will get smaller oh, yeah. so you have an idea of where you're supposed to look instead of just like constantly scaling the entire building. That is very yeah. nice. There was another one that is like you, you like beat a reaper and then you use Cole's weird psychic electricity abilities to like see a picture and then this picture is like a view from where a package is yeah. so you have to like move around that space to find that package and that package has five blast shards and then you know that part of the map is safe that so is they very came fun. up yeah so they came up with like a lot of interesting things for you to do in the side missions it's not just like kill these guys or do a shitty escort mission i mean i will say they do some have of them some are, shitty escort missions th some of them are good but there's like one where it was like a stealth mission yeah. oh man where this is it's, it's not even like uncharted words it's just it's really not built for stealth so it's just like don't get seen by this guy otherwise he just turns into a, a mad bomber and then he just kills you yeah 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 they, they definitely like wanted to include some video game as video game things whether or not they fit into the infamous like work of there was, what they've got going on there was also one that was like hey Cole can you escort these prisoners to the to the jail to the police station and it's just slowly walking to the jail <laughs> and sometimes they'll like try and hit you for no reason I mean obviously not for no reason they want to escape and sometimes right. they'll run away but they'll try multiple different times like it, it just it's so slow and it's it's not fun. Yeah, which is weird because the rest of the game is so fast-paced. Like, yeah. Cole moves around pretty quick, and he only gets faster as you go on in the game. And combat, because you can just, like, throw eight grenades and shoot rockets everywhere and, like, launch people in the air. Like, combat feels super fast. And then sometimes the game just asks you to walk on a bus for half an hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very weird. I, I feel like they 
had like these very specific ideas for what they wanted to do, but then someone higher up like demanded that they put certain things in the game. Like it, it has that uh, what do you call it? Focus group vibes. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, um, tried to find the infamous release date, and there's a film called Infamous, which released in 2020. <laughs> Infamous came out like very shortly after the PS3 was released. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it was 2009. It's a very 2009 game. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say 2008. It's more of a 2008 game, to be fully honest. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. It's got some bumps here and there. Yeah. But I guess that leads into the last thing that I want to ask before we, like, head out. What did you guys think of Infamous? I know, Charlie, this is basically your first time playing the game, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I think it's very fun. I mean, this is not typically a game I gravitate towards, i.e. Yeah. a game where I play as a human being. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and on the flip side, I'm not a huge fan of, like, open-world GTA-esque games, and I think this distinguishes itself from most of those in a lot of interesting ways. Yeah. <sighs> Something I like a lot about this game is that it scratches the 3D platformer itch that I have, which is normally impossible to scratch because 3D platformers suck, usually. <laughs> but that didn't stop me from playing them when I was a kid, so I still want to play them. Yeah. And this game has the moving around a 3D space, finding, like, just things that are littered everywhere. Just there's bullshit all over the place for you to do. And some of it is important and some of it is less important, but basically the game is constantly interesting while you're moving around in the 3D environment. And it feels very freeing in terms of, like, where you can go, you know? I like Infamous a lot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I do I do want to play more of it, and I think Cole is... I mean, I, I've, I've known Cole just because I had a friend who was into Infamous, and he was also in the PlayStation 3 version of uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Yes, and he's also in... Isn't he in All-Star Battle, or Battle yeah, Royale, or whatever it's called? Yeah, the PlayStation one. I've never played that, so I don't know, but he's... Certainly he's left been, his mark. He has been in as many fighting games as he has been in Infamous Game. That is true. Is he not in Second Son? <laughs> no. You play as Delson, much to many people's chagrin. I like Delson, but a lot of people don't. I mean, I do think Cole is the least interesting character in Infamous. Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah. Like, the most interesting thing that he is is two things, which is good and evil. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the, his powers and the effects they have on him are interesting, but I think he as a person is like, I'm going to talk like this for no reason. I think he talks like that because he got blown up by a bomb and his girlfriend left him. <laughs> because he ostensibly murdered her sister. <laughs> he, so it, he did kind of murder her sister a little bit. I think that he has earned the way he interacts with the world, and I don't think that he's so just, like, detached. Like, he talks to Zeke the way human beings talk to each other. That's true, yeah. Which I was very impressed by, because I hadn't, like, looked at the dialogue in Infamous for a while, so I was kind of worried that Cole was going to be like, I hate what's happened. I have to save everyone. <laughs> he, <laughs> but he's... He, he sounds like that, but he doesn't talk like that. You know? Yeah, like, he'll, he'll be talking to Zeke, and Zeke will be like, dude, you should let me borrow your superpowers so I can get laid. And he'll be like, shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> get a job, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and like, I feel like the the voice actor, the voice direction was like, we need you to sound like somebody who could be evil, but they could not be evil. Yeah. So, I, like, I get it. I don't it. Love wasn't, it wasn't, we need you to sound like a person. It was, we need you to sound like a protagonist. Yeah. 
I do really like the way he interacts with Zeke and Trish, though. Because, I mean, you guys haven't gotten, like, to a lot of this in the game yet. But you've noticed that, like, Cole is trying to patch things up with Trish. But he's also not trying to, like, force himself on her. Which I yeah. was really impressed by. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that, like, Cole has characterization. I don't think that he's literally just, like, this guy that is on a warpath, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's constantly questioning authority, which I really like. Because it really annoys me when you're playing a game as a character that is meant to be, like, very strongly motivated by one thing or another. But they're constantly doing what someone tells them. Like, Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> I mean, Cole does do the, I'm, I'm working for a person, but... He's working for them specifically because they have a deal. Yeah, and, and he's asking them all the time. He asks, "Why the hell am I doing this? This seems <laughs> to have nothing to do with the task at hand." And like, and Moya has to explain like why he's doing video game ass video game things. Yeah, and he's not fully confident that she'll uphel- uphold her end of the deal either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I feel like Cole is very like savvy about what's going on, and I like that a lot. Yeah, it keeps it keeps it from feeling like I'm not. Like, playing the game. I'm just playing a game while someone else is going through a story. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we should do thumbs up, thumbs down. It's thumbs well, are up. are we doing that? Yeah, thumbs up, I guess. But are we going to be doing that again in part two? Yeah. Probably. Okay, so thumbs up for the first half of Infamous. <laughs> thumbs up. Th- th- thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> uh, where can you find us on the internet? <laughs> well, on Twitter, we're at nospin-zone. And um, where can you send your emails to? You could probably email us at nospenderstone at gmail.com. I laid it up for you so that you didn't have to say at no gmail. You <laughs> could probably send your emails to nospenderstone <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, alternatively, you could follow me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. Can you talk about the most recent game that you've been working on? Um... Yes, I can. Uh, there's a game called Strife of Cosmos, which is uh, going to be released. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't say a release date, unfortunately. Um, but it's a uh, retro RPG combat simulator arcade game, I think. <laughs> those are those are a list of words that relate to video games. Yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of game ass game stuff going on in this game. Uh, yeah. And I wrote the like soundtrack games, and I programmed the UI, and it's uh it's good. It's a good game. So check out Strife of Cosmos. Follow Myth Atelier on Twitter. That's M Y T H A T E L I E A R on Twitter. Charlie, what what do you do? Uh, I I do things. You can where's, find me at Charlie horse is horse and figure out what. There's the horse. <laughs> there's the horse. Having a conversation with me is just like, where's the horse? There's the horse. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Um. Uh, b- uh, bye, well, bye, we'll, bye, we'll, bye, we'll, leech. We'll recharge <laughs> later. Goodbye, leech. Okay, Time to fine. Bye, bye. You should, Stephen. You should show some arc restraint. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that one really got me.